Welcome back to Path to Glory, the Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. This episode was made possible by our patrons, so thank you to everyone who supports us. If you're interested in supporting the podcast monetarily, please check us out at patreon.com slash path to glory. If that's not possible, we still appreciate the listens and the ratings. This is your host, Aman Kusro, and as always... I am joined by my truth-seeking co-host, Jonathan Davis. Hello, hello. Ready to seek out some truth. So it's going to be a theme in this one. Um, in today's episode, we will be covering Zandire's Truth Seekers, the new Stormcast warband that comes in the Harrow Deep starter set. Um, if we have time, we'll be answering some questions at the end of the episode as well, but... Um, we're kind of on a time crunch here because we're trying to record a bunch of episodes in a timely manner as well as write some po- uh, blog articles. So um, busy, 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 busy. Yeah, it's always it always falls on weekends or weeks where it's like <laughs> I have stuff to do Friday night. You know, I was like afraid my- that it was going to happen like the week before my wedding. Yeah, well, and okay, I was like, fine. this is going to be a busy week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we I really can't complain. Though. We were yeah. like, yo, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's going to go down. But <laughs> right. uh, yeah, it ended up being a couple weeks later. So <laughs> um, just some housekeeping really quickly. Jonathan, you just want to talk about the Alliance League before we jump into the review? Uh, sure. Yeah, we are accepting signups. Um, we'd probably like to start um, in about a month, I would say. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little sooner. So um, sign up and it uh, should be fun. New cards, new mechanics. New warband. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and start with this warband. There was, um, you know, I like to start out with the lore a little bit just because I think it's kind of cool. So I've done a bit of a paraphrase. uh, So you don't have to read the giant page of text in the book. (laughs) So um, Zandire's Truth Seekers are a band of Stormcast Errant, which is a new type of Stormcast, who have been sent on a mission by the big man himself, Sigmar. Uh, turns out, fleets sailing out of an Ulguin, Ulguin, it's a city in Ulgu, uh, <laughs> it's a port city called Misthaven, uh, have been going missing. So Sigmar's like, yo, I need you guys to go find that out. So upon investigating <laughs> these mysterious disappearances, the truth seekers found a cursed whirlpool. And like most logical people, decide to just jump down into the whirlpool. Um, I would do that. Yeah, I'm not sure how this solves Sigmar's issues, but sometimes everyone needs a proper side quest, so I get it. Um, He's never going to see them again. (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) Leaping down the whirlpools is a pretty brave thing to do, but actually one Stormcast in particular, Kalthia Zandire, who's the leader of the warband, she actually has been suffering from night terrors, almost like visions um, that she believes like the shadows will envelop her and come after her. So don't know why she accepted a mission to the realm of shadows, but hey, it happens. Um, so she hopes by facing her fears, she can banish these concerns from her mind forever and then maybe do what Sigmar asked her to do in the meantime. Um, just in case she has this giant lantern with her that can actually have the magical ability to banish any sort of darkness around her. So, you know, I guess she can't be too careful. It's a nice thing to have. She's yeah. accompanied by a dude named Dorez Giantfell, who I assumed has felled a giant, otherwise pretty bad name. Um, he was a chieftain from Gur, so he's a pretty boisterous, gregarious, 
um, tribal dude who likes to just swing his big hammer and talk a lot. Uh, the final companion is Luxa Stormrider. She doesn't like to say much, but uh, she likes to do her bow, let the bow do the talking for her. Um, she's pretty good with it, and she loves hanging out with her animal companion, Taros, which is an Aetherwing, who is actually technically the fourth and final member of the Warband. So, yeah. That's kind of what's going on with them, in case you were <laughs> wondering why they're in Harrowdeep. So... Yeah, I was kind of wondering why anyone is in Harrowdeep because it does seem like the one of the things we didn't talk about with the main rulebook is that the the story has changed a little bit. The Caterfrank curse is seem mostly gone. It seems like. Yep. And uh, I guess the warbands are just fighting it out for old times' sake. <laughs> well, yeah. So in Broken Realms, Teclas, um, they did kind of hint at that. So I did mention yeah. that back on a podcast in like April or May. And then yeah. people were like, you're wrong. You don't know. And I was like, no, it <laughs> kind of says that in the book in the corner. So anyways, um, you're absolutely correct. People can now die permanently in the Warhammer underworld setting. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool. But I guess way. you never know if you're fighting the real war band or a illusion. <laughs> That's right. So. That's why mirror matches can happen. There's a solution yeah. for everything. Um, I will say, I, I do think it's pretty cool and I don't really think it's a big deal if, I guess warbands can officially be killed off. Um, it might make a difference in like a book, but ultimately yeah. when you play kill team or 40 K or age of Sigmar, a war cry, even like people die and they just come back to life in the next game. So um, it's your narrative. You do what you want uh, in this situation. Technically <laughs> they could just get wounded or something. Yeah. 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 You know, or, or knocked out KO'd even, you know, dazed. Yeah. But uh Anywho, it is pretty cool. <laughs> I, I like the story. I don't know why you'd want to be hanging out, as you mentioned, in a cavern underneath like the Ulguin seas. But hey, you got a lantern. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> pun intended. All right. Was it? Let's jump into it. You'll never know. Yeah. I, I will never admit to making a pun on purpose. Well, you'll make one of our patrons happy. I think they requested for you to do a pun. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, let's get into the Warbands fighter cards here. So yep. um, we'll start out with the leader of the Warband herself, Kalthia Zandire. And uh, looking at her fighter card right off the bat, she is a wizard and a leader. She's a level one wizard. Well, mm-hmm. One thing about the fighter cards is they've got the Grand Alliance symbol, which is very similar to the way the starter set occurred. So you can see the Grand Alliance order under the faction symbol in the upper right-hand corner. She's got a movement of three, one block, four wounds. And it's pretty standard for, I feel like, a Stormcast Eternal yeah. uh, stat profile. <clears throat> and then she's got a broadsword that is range one, hits for three smash and two damage. So pretty accurate attack. Um, she's got a reaction. Blazing Purity. After this fighter is dealt damage that will take her out of action, choose another friendly fighter heal that chosen fighter for two. Um, yeah. So you're probably thinking like, Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, she goes out in a blaze of glory or purity or whatever. Um, <laughs> but this is actually really integral to their inspiration mechanic, um, which I'll touch on in a moment before I get your feedback. Um, all three storm casts have the exact same inspiration. One or more friendly fighters other than Taros are out of action. Taros being the bird. So if any storm mm-hmm. cast is killed at any point in the game, 
the other Stormcasts inspire. So in this case, if Xandire is killed, you react. You can heal another, presumably a wounded Stormcast or Taros, but he only has two wounds, so unlikely. Um, and then they inspire, which is kind of cool. Um, we'll just yeah. go and jump to her inspired side really quickly, and then we'll talk about her and then the whole mechanic as a whole. Um, when Xandire is expi- uh, inspired, not expired, <laughs> she goes to a four move and two block, and then her broadsword gets cleave, which is your favorite. <laughs> she stays at level one, though. What are your thoughts? Yep. Stays at level one wizard and keeps the same blazing purity. Yeah. Yep. The reaction. Um, I, I think she's a okay fighter. Um, I don't know how useful the wizard is going to be. Um, I do like... I do like her ability on death. Um, I guess we'll see what the other bonuses are, but it makes me think that you either want to kill her first or last. (laughs) Um, Because if you burn her down, no one else is going to be hurt. And then if everybody else is dead, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Inspired side, I would say, is okay. The three smash is nice. Cleave is okay. Mm -hmm. Two blocks, solid. But uh, compared to other similar warbands, you know, three fighter warbands, four fighter warbands, 3.5 3.5 fighter warbands. Um, I would say she's maybe average. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think she's a little bit better than that. Um, okay. If only because like three smash two damage off the bat is pretty accurate. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty accurate attack. Um, yeah, I guess I'm thinking of like, uh, Celestis where he's also three smash two damage, but he also has the range attack. Hmm. Um, some of the other, I'm just comparing her to other Stormcast. I That's think. fair. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it, really. Um, range one isn't amazing, but I would just say solid. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think about the Inspire? Because like one of the more interesting things I think about it is like, you know, with, with, with Xandire, you know, if you mm-hmm. plan on playing offensively, you can actually play super aggressive with your leader. Um, and, you know, maybe Goraz, um, but even Stormrider, she's really good too. And then use her maybe as bait, you know, maybe do as much damage with her as you can before she goes down. Um, and ideally, you know, taking out an enemy leader is quite attractive um, to, mm-hmm. you know, other warbands and your opponent because there might be cards that have to do with killing an enemy leader or bonuses against enemy leaders, things like that. And then when she goes down, hopefully she, you know, her death will reinvigorate her melee partner, which is probably Goraz, uh, or sorry, Doraz, to keep smashing away with his hammer, which is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that, you know, canny opponents can play around this by soloing her down before attacking anyone else. But I also think yeah. if they're only attacking her, then maybe your other two are kind of free to do what they want, including the bird as well. So I think there's a lot of avenues for, of play and counterplay. Um, what do you think about this whole inspiration mechanic? And, and maybe we can pause and look through everyone before talking about it, but I just think it's super cool. Yeah, why don't we cover the fighters and then we can talk about the inspiration. Sure, okay. Well, then let's go to Doraz Giant Fell. He is the melee beat stick of the group, and he rocks the brawler keyword uh, in case you doubted his ability to fight. Um, <laughs> similar to Kalthia, he sports three movement, one block, and four health. His weapon, uh, the Great Hammer, is a range one attack that deals three damage and hits on two smash. Um, I guess as befit of his stature, Goraz also staggers any enemy he damages, which is pretty cool. I think the first time we've ever seen stagger keyword on an attack. 
Um, mm-hmm. He reminds me a lot of Oberyn from Steelheart's Champions, actually. Um, he's the muscle yeah. of the group. <clears throat> he does a lot of damage very quickly. Um, he has a reaction called Blazing Force. Blazing Force allows you to choose one fighter within two hexes of him and push that fighter up to two hexes. Um, when and then he's when taken he, out of action. Correct, yep, when he's taken out of action. So it's pretty cool. So you kind of have to keep him close to at least one other fighter, you know, within two hexes of another one of your friendly fighters. But then after that, that fighter can, you know, push two hexes in any direction. So whether you... Or an enemy fighter. Or an enemy fighter, correct. Um, So you can, you know, move a fighter onto or off of a feature token, jump into melee range, make a tactical retreat, you know, try to ruin your enemy's plans. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, So if you... If Giant Fell manages to inspire, he gains that second block, which I think is super crucial for these, you know, four wound tanky fighters. Um, unfortunately, his movement stays the same. Xandire is the only one who goes to four out of the entire warband. But he does gain a second attack, which I think is pretty cool. It's called the Whirling Hammer Attack. It's a scything, two smash, two damage swing. Um, it's pretty solid, I think. And I, I like his reaction, which sticks even when he's inspired. What are your thoughts on him? Um, I think he's pretty powerful. Um, three damage right off the bat is very nice to have. Um, you're definitely right that he's, he's basically a better Oberyn, um, in most ways. He's also kind of like Steelheart, I guess, because Mm -hmm. uh, of the scything when he inspires. Um, yeah, I think he's a really good fighter. I think that if I, right off the bat, I, he's one of the ones I would want to inspire, um, most games. And I don't know if that means you you know, try to keep him a little safe in the beginning or, um, or what, but yeah, he's, he's powerful. Yeah. It's really interesting that you kind of want Xandire to go down to heal him, but I find your opponent, I'm going to try to kill this guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. it's, it's very, very interesting. Um, well, and the, the, third the fight, push is really good too. If you do kill good. him. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a, you know, towards the end of a round, if your opponent like has to deal with him because he's such a big threat, if they're not careful, you can just ruin their entire turn by, you know, moving someone out of a cover hex or a feature token or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's or good. throw them into a lethal to finish them off. <laughs> um, so now we get to Luxa Stormrider. She's actually my favorite of the bunch, the one that I want to inspire. Um, she is the ranged asset of the group which rightly allows her to use the hunter keyword. I think it's really cool that one's a wizard, one's a brawler, and one's a hunter. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, again, we see the three move, the one block, and the four wound standard to Stormcast Eternals. Her ranged attack, the Stormcaller Bow, is a pretty solid attack. It's ranged four, two smash, uh, pinging foes for a single point of damage. Um, and really, that's all she really does on her uninspired side. Um, she does have a reaction called Blazing Reprisal. Um, it's a reaction that allows her to make another attack action before being removed from the board. So, in a way, a parting shot for her enemies. Pretty thematic. Um, if you inspire yeah. her, <clears throat> I feel like this is where she really comes alive. Um, like <laughs> the rest of her warband, she gets a second block, but her Stormcaller bow gets cleave and ensnare and bumps up to three smash, which is an yeah. insanely accurate attack. I think it's just the exact same as Kyrae's from Morgwaite's Blade coming, which is perhaps the most accurate range attack action in the game, which is pretty cool. Um, but that's not even the best part. <laughs> um, she also gains a second reaction called Quick Volley. 
If Luxa takes an enemy fighter out of action during her activation, she can react and shoot again. So it's kind of like um, Onslaught from Ilthari's yeah. Guardians as well. So, yes, I completely agree with whoever's listening. It is quite good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then she also gets a range one, two fury, two damage attack, but I doubt you'll ever use it with her. Um, just my mind working off the bat, do yourself a favor and equip <laughs> her with Glory Seeker and Fighter's Ferocity and just watch the fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's going to be insane. She's so accurate. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a Three big deal. damage. Yeah. Yeah, I could see taking ping damage and then just like hitting, hitting, getting a kill, hitting, getting a kill. Um, very, very accurate. Yeah, like what you could do, honestly, is you can just get really aggressive with the other two. And like, just try to just do his charges, smash, whatever. One of them's gonna die, mm-hmm. you know. And then, boom, Luxa comes online, and she pew pews everyone down. And we we all know I love the pew pew. So, <laughs> yeah. And the advantage of four range is that as long as you're sort of in the middle of the board by like the second round, um, you're just gonna be able to attack over and over again. Yeah. And this is probably the one that you put most of the upgrades on because the other two are pretty solid without it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could see this being really annoying. The one damage base isn't like incredible, but the potential to put upgrades, it seems like we're going to see a lot more Grievous around. Mm. So if there's yeah. more than one way to get Grievous out, um, I think it just gets better and better. And there are you know ranged accuracy upgrades already. Like you can make Stormrider pretty pretty obnoxious. So. Um, <clears throat> And I guess we can talk about the Inspire. I do think it's really interesting how basically the opponent gets to decide which two Inspired Fighters you get. Um, I like it quite a bit because particularly Stormrider and Doraz are pretty scary. And so I think depending on the matchup, uh, if you have you know a small number of big fighters, you probably want to make sure Doraz goes down early. And if you have a lot of little fighters, I think Stormrider is probably the one you want to get rid of. Um, but that said, then the player playing the Warband, you know, gets to try to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. So I think that's a cool like mini game that this Warband brings to the table. Like a, it's just a different dynamic that we haven't seen. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm actually a really big fan of it. It's it's kind of like they all have their own role, which is very similar to Purifiers and Guardians. But at the yeah. same time, I really feel like they can flex wherever they want to. Like, yeah, Storm Rider is your damage dealer, ranged assassin, if you will. But like, you know, if you want to kill her because you're afraid she's going to ping down your little guys, well, the leader is still three smash, two damage, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Doraz still has a scything <clears throat> attack. So like they all can kind of back each other up in a way. And then you're like, oh, I don't want like high single target damage. So I'm going to take out Doraz. Well, you can give upgrades to Zandire so she can do it too. Or Stormrider can ping you down when she, you know, gets all her upgrades. So yeah, there's yeah, just with, so many with options. good positioning. You're just not going to let them kill the one that they want. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's really cool. And um, rounding out the warband, we've got Taros who shares a bond with Stormrider through the companion keyword. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also the first time we see the flying and beast traits on a fighter card, which is pretty cool. So for those of you yeah. who are unfamiliar, flying means this fighter can move through occupied and lethal hexes and not take damage. Um, and beast fighter or beast means that this fighter cannot hold objectives 
or use attack action upgrades, which makes sense because it's it's a bird, right? Um, yeah. Keros is actually an Aetherwing, which is like a bird native to Azir, the realm of heavens. So um, Taros has a movement of five, two dodge and two wounds. Taros uses his beak to attack foes with a range one, two fury, one damage attack. Um, again, that makes sense for a bird. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think these stats are anything to write home about, but what's cool is Taros has a cool ability to where if he's within two hexes of Storm Rider, then he counts as supporting Storm Rider. I so it's, it's a super- the... I think it's the other way around. If this fighter is within two hexes of a friendly storm rider, that fighter is supporting this fighter. Oh yeah. Okay. You're right. So um, either way, um, the two fury kind of becomes a little bit more accurate in a way. Yeah. And two dodge uh, is a lot better too. Yep. T- yep. Two dodge with uh, a half support. So it kind of makes sense. You know, they kind of have each other's back. They're bonded and you know, um, she's probably shooting at people while Taros is, trying to peck their eyes out. So pretty decent accuracy <laughs> boost. Um, he's also got a reaction that allows him to push himself up to three hexes after Storm Rider has made a move action. So as long as he's placed within two of her, he can kind of follow her around. So I think there's a lot of great synergy with the reaction mentioned above. So yeah. it can be pretty cool. Um, Taros inspires when Storm Rider inspires. So if Storm Rider dies and inspires the other two, Taros will never inspire which makes sense because they're companions. Um, the only thing that changes on this card is that his attack becomes three fury and gains the grievous word, allowing him to spike into two damage roughly half the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like this. Um, <laughs> the only thing that would make me like it more is if it could hold objectives like the dog and storm of Celestis. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think this is really that warband's thing. So it's probably fine. <laughs> but um, the, I think the reaction is really good. The, the, after the move, because you can use it to get support, which is important. And, uh, it just kind of keeps him around. You can, you know, once you get inspired, you can send him off like a missile. Um, I think it's good. So, yeah. So what do you think of the, the fighters overall? Um, I would say overall, I think that they are. Uh, I think they seem pretty good. They don't. They don't. Without looking at the cards, they don't strike me as being that very weak. But they also don't strike me as um, being obviously strong. If that makes sense, like they seem pretty balanced. Their slower speed is a little bit concerning to me. Um, I think in some situations, they you know their low movement and especially in the beginning rounds might be an issue, but I do like the range four on storm rider. Um, so, so yeah, I think they seem pretty solid. I, I mean, it's a nice take on, you know, looking back <laughs> five years at, uh, the first Stormcast Warband steel hearts, um, sort of similar to that. And, uh, but it's nice to have a little bit more flexibility with the archer and the pet. So, yeah, it almost it almost feels like there's like one curse breaker, one <laughs> yeah, Arse Rider slash castigator slash one Steelhearts champion, right? So <laughs> um and I think it's pretty cool. And and a bird. Can't forget the bird. So I like it. I mean uh, I like that they're adding like pets to the the, the Stormcast. Let me just give the players more things to do and 
um, the reactions are really useful on on Taros and and like the castigators for Sleek as well. So, um, mm-hmm. pretty neat way to incorporate them. So, yeah. do you, do you have a favorite fighter? I think you mentioned Doraz, but I wasn't sure. Um, I mean, I think Stormrider is definitely the best fighter. So, yeah. I think uh, I think it's going to be that. And there might be situations. I mean, Doraz is no slouch, but uh, I think Stormrider has the highest potential for cool moments and stuff. 100%. Very excited to see um, how that happens. Because I'm immediately putting those two cards <laughs> in my deck, as I mentioned, and going to town so yeah okay well let's take a look at these faction objectives um i'll go ahead and read these off or actually why don't you read these off i just did the fighters so you read these off and um we'll talk about them all right the first one is banish the dark it is a duel score this in an end phase if one or more friendly fighters made one or more charge actions in the preceding phase and one or more of those fighters are adjacent to no enemy fighters. What do you think? Yeah, so essentially charge an enemy fighter and either eliminate them or drive them back. Um, yeah, or just be the archer. <laughs> or be the archer, yeah. I feel <laughs> yeah. I feel pretty confident that most people could pull this card off as, as long as like the dice work out or if you're just playing Storm Rider. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you could take up pushes as well, just in case, you know. Like if the yeah. dice don't work out or they push back into you because they think you have it, then you can kind of, you know, do that. So, I mean, I think it's pretty good. Um, I'm not a big fan of one glory and face cards, but I think this one is one that I could maybe use for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good one glory card. Um, the next one is bearing Sigmar's light. Score this in an end phase. If one or more friendly fighters hold an objective that is not in your territory for one glory. So I kind of like cards like these. I mean, it is pretty easy to score in a way. Um, you mm-hmm. can just slap a feature token in, in no one's territory. I, and, and I feel like more often than not, you will be playing somewhat aggressively with this Warbrand. So you can probably, you know, take one from your opponent as well. Um, in, in addition to countering them, I do think it requires like a little bit of too much like thought of like trying to put one in no man's land and the way that feature tokens have been changed in terms of deployment, you know, they're going to be a lot closer and, and your opponent could potentially stop you from doing that. So I, I don't think it's bad, like not at all. I just am yeah. not very keen on it either. I agree. It's uh, it's playable and there are some war bands that I like this sort of card in. If you just need to, you know, round out your deck with an easy card, but uh, I think it's a little tough for them. So yeah. the next one is Blaze of Glory. Score this immediately after resolving a second or subsequent reaction in the same phase. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good card for these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's their, it's their first surge, which uh, interesting thing to note, um, both Warbands and the starter set came with only four surges in the faction deck. So yeah. I guess that encourages, you know, using the universal pool. But um, I like this card a lot. Every single fighter in the Warband has an innate reaction. You can also throw some power cards in your deck too to get the reaction. This mm-hmm. is an A card for me, 100%. Yeah, I think you definitely want some reaction gambits because hopefully you're not losing two fighters mm-hmm. uh, in the same round, but uh, but it's good. Yeah. yeah. And actually the reaction on the, the Paros makes it pretty easy. Yeah, you just shoot with Luxa or charge with Luxa, you know, and then he runs up and then something happens and it's cool. Yeah. Maybe she kills someone, gets to shoot again. Yeah, 
The next one is Brave the Darkness. Score this immediately after an activation if each surviving friendly fighter has one or more charge tokens. What this is think? an interesting one. Yeah. I think it's kind of a trap because you have Taros. <laughs> so yeah. if you want to charge with Taros, then okay. Um, he could already be out of action as well. I can see a lot of people using him as bait. Yeah. Um, then I, if, if that's the case, I think this could be a pretty decent card to score. Just think about like your positioning and think about your cards in advance because the later in the game that you draw this, the less likely that you're going to be making charges because you're probably using, you know, Storm Riders range attacks. Um, mm-hmm. Monteros is hiding in a corner. So if everyone has charge tokens, I think the earlier the better if you're wanting to play aggressive. And it is a surge. So like, I don't mind it at all. Like, I think it's a good fit for playing aggressively. Like, if yeah. I had to give this a rating, it's like, you know, B, but. Yeah, you know it's one glory and also kind of specific. It's interesting because on other warbands this would be probably an A for me um, because yeah. you just want to charge. But with this one, it, it, you almost wouldn't want to charge with Taros most of the time unless you had this card. So yeah, but pretty good. Um, next one is equal to anything. Surge score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action that takes an enemy fighter out of action. If there are or if there is no surviving enemy fighter with a higher wounds characteristic than that enemy fighter for one glory. So take down the enemy fighter with the highest wound characteristic. Um, yeah, that can be a pretty tall order. Like even in the box, like the cunning cruise leader is five wounds. Yeah. So. Um, despite this being a surge, I actually don't like it just because I don't think it's reliable. I think the matchups can kind of hurt you a lot. And then the dice can hurt you too, just because surges for killing stuff can get really dicey. So I'm not too keen on this one. Hmm. I think I like this one a little bit more than you do. Um, I think on average, it's not that bad. Um, but particularly because it doesn't have to be like a higher wounds than your fighter. So there's a lot of matchups where I think this is relatively scorable. Um, you are right there. There are other matchups where it gets harder um, and a lot of matchups it's kill anybody. And then it's really, really good. Um, and some it's kill the leader and that's not as good, but I don't know. I'm, I'm more of in the middle, I think. Yeah. I would just say like in most war bands, the leader has the most wounds, right? So this, this card is surge yeah. kill the leader. Yeah. Do you like it as much then? Well, I would say in most warbands, everybody has the same. But hmm. then after that, it's probably yeah. leader. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, one, it's okay. Yeah. 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 You're not wrong. I just, I'm looking at a different side of it, I think. No, no, I agree. Um, the next one is fearless advance. Score this in an end phase. If three or more friendly fighters are in enemy territory for two glory. What do you think? So I think this is one of the first two glory cards I've seen. Oh, actually, it's the first two glory card we've seen for them. And I yeah. think you can do it fairly decency. You'll need movement and push support to, you know, fulfill that criteria from time to time. But it's only if you ever really get a slightly unfavorable board setup. Um, I think these guys do aggro well and you can and you can actually reward them by building a deck that likes being in enemy territory because there's a lot of cards like that in Dire Chasm. So I actually really like it for them. Hmm. I think this might be the first card that I don't like because I'm not sure what the chances are of them of having three fighters 
left and in enemy territory in the like say the second round. I think they could do it in the first round. I'm not sure about the second. Um, so this would be risky for me, and it makes you bring if the, you know if you lose another fighter, then it makes you bring the bird in. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I like that either, but um, the two glory is tempting. So. Like when you get it yeah. off in the first round, it's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, you might be right in that it does force you to play a little bit riskier with Taros, but um, I don't know. I, I just see this happening pretty easily. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, and with the changes to the do over and stuff, maybe you have a higher chance of having it in the first round too. So that's, that's true. something to keep in mind. It's a very good point. Uh, the next one is righteous blows. Also to glory. Score this in an end phase if there are more enemy fighters out of action than there are surviving enemy fighters. So kill more than half. Yeah, taking down more than half style cards have been around since the beginning of the game. And and I feel like yeah. you either like them or you don't at this point. Um, <laughs> I think we particularly, or maybe you might be different because you like it with Hrothgorn. But I don't like it with this warband. Um I think if you're going to go in a competitive environment or you're going to be playing against people that you don't know what they're playing, um, some war bands can be quite resilient and then it comes off to a dice off, which is never fun unless that's what you want to do. Yeah. I think there are better cards um, like clean kills, um, something like that in championship. That said, I do think that uh, it is a card that you will be able to score in most games. I think the do over helps it as well. So um, I, I would probably give it like a C in this deck. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I rated it actually in the review. Okay. Yeah. 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 But in general, I don't think these are awful. Yeah. You know, agreed. most of the time you will kill half the enemy warband over the course of a game. So yeah, more than half. Uh, the next one is Sigmar's chosen one glory score. This in an end phase. If the number of enemy fighters out of action is equal to, or greater than the round number one glory. Yeah, so speaking of what we were talking about earlier, like you want to draw <laughs> these cards earlier rather than later. So like you draw this round one and you kill one fighter. It works. Yes. Um, it gets harder as the game goes on. And I feel like at, after, at round two onwards, killing two people for one glory is not a card that I like. Well, it's not, it's not per round. It's just at all. If they're out of action, then you get the yeah. glory. Yeah, so but you know, if, I think it's free no matter what, almost. Well, I mean, no, because it depends on matchup again, right? Like, yeah, let's play this in the crushes. I don't yeah. think that's a lot. Like, all that effort for one glory may not be worth it. <laughs> you know, that's true. That's the one situation where this card starts to like, you know, maybe you're not going to score it. But I feel like in most, I feel like in most games you're going to kill somebody in the first round, and you'll probably keep doing that. And, and for that reason, I think it's a great card in the first round. I think yeah. the the reward or the value of the card drops for me round two onwards. Hmm. Okay. Um, the next one is Stalwart Few. Score this in an end phase if two or more surviving friendly fighters are inspired. What do you think? It's a pretty easy good card for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, the only way you wouldn't score it is if like it was the third round. Lost. Either that or you're doing incredibly well or, you know, very poorly. Yeah. Solid. Um, let's see. The next one is Stubborn Yet. Surge, score this immediately after an enemy fighter's attack action that targeted a friendly fighter 
if the target is now vulnerable. So your fighter has to be vulnerable for one glory. What do you think? Um, I don't know if I really like these vulnerable cards. Um, I don't ever think your opponent is going to try to... Like, I think in this game, most people try to one-shot you. And yeah. in this scenario, if someone knows you're playing this card, they'll make sure they one-shot you. And at that point, this card becomes pretty useless. I mean, there's some cases where, you know, you can do it in a one game out of three. But after that, I'm going to try to stop you from scoring the surge by just trying to one-shot your fighters. Yeah, I think you're right. Um I think there are times when you don't really have a choice. You just have to hit them with the attacks that you have. And sometimes that leaves them at one. I do think that I'm going to be more, I'm going to notice um, vulnerable more now that it's a thing. And now that there are cards that are looking for it, because I don't know if I think, I don't know if I really think that much about whether I have one wound left or two wounds left. Honestly, having one or two wounds is the same a lot of the time, unless you're near a lethal hex. So I think you're right, but uh <clears throat> it's probably decent in like a rival's situation because there's not as much damage. So, um, let's see. The next one is unquestionable might. Hybrid score this in an end phase if there are no surviving enemy fighters or four or more enemy fighters are out of action and no more than one friendly fighter is out of action. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is you know, three glories a lot, but this is yeah, three glories. a hell of a lot more to do to get that big payout. Yeah, this is this is unquestionably not going in my deck. It, it might as well say win the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you can score this, you've won. Yeah. So yeah, there's no point. Yeah, I'm really not a fan of these cards, unfortunately. Um, and that second condition is just like. Kind of brutal. How are you going to kill four and not lose anybody? Uh, so, if anyone scores this, let us know. Um, next one is We Suffice. Two glory, dual, score this in an end phase if two or more friendly fighters are in enemy, fighter, or in, in enemy territory and no enemy fighters are in your territory. What do you think? I like this card. Um, I think it's a good card. Okay. Um, it's very scoreable. I think you can do it quite early in the game. You want to be aggressive, so you're going to be taking the fight to the enemy. Um, I think if your opponent knows you have this card, they're going to definitely try to play around it 100%. But mm-hmm. I think it also just pairs really well with the fact that like there are a lot of good cards that reward you for being in enemy territory. So if you can finagle this, maybe take to the you know two distractions that are left in the game or, or whatever, whichever is left, I think you can do it. I really do. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that makes sense. Yep, it's a little bit play aroundable, like especially in a best of three. Um, but I think it's I think it's weaker in a best of three, but I think it's solid in general. Yeah. Hmm. So, what do you think? Did you have a favorite? Um, what do you think of this objective deck in general? Yeah. So. The objective deck in general, I think, is pretty okay. Um, yeah. I think, like, there was only, like, one card that I thought was, like, wow, this is an auto-include, and then the rest were situationally relevant. Yeah. Um, I think the deck pairs well with the Warband as a whole. 
Um, and there is a pretty cohesive style to the deck if you're playing it in Rivals, right? Is kill stuff and charge be in enemy territory? Right. Um, I don't know. I I guess my favorite card is is probably um, Blaze of Glory because the reactions. Um, I don't know. Do you have a favorite? Like, do you like it? Um, I think Blaze of Glory is the best one. I do think that. interesting they don't really have any focus on the objective tokens at all um i don't know this is a pretty straightforward deck it's basically just like go kill stuff um so blazer glory is probably the one that sticks out to me i do think um thinking about it in a rivals perspective and having just written that article where i go through all 20 rivals decks and focus mainly on how good their objectives are because to me that's the most important thing i would put this at like a maybe a B or a C for an objective deck because maybe a B because I do think you will score most of these cards and that is actually a big deal. Um, but they're not, they don't stand out as being great. And four surges is below average, um, which is interesting. A lot of the dire or a lot of the dire chasm war bands have uh, five. So mm. yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the, the four surges, you know, is a thing that we looks like is a pattern here with these first two warbands. But yeah, um, I also think it helps with just like teaching people how to play the game, you mm-hmm. know, because a lot of people will join the game by buying this set. So yeah, I, I will agree that it's like a B or C, especially compared <laughs> to your, you know, your list on your article. But overall, like I don't think it's bad. Like this is certainly playable, and yeah. in a lot of cases, it's going to do pretty decently, if not good. So. Yeah, the, I would say the thing that separates it from some of the other ones that I would give a similar rating is that in some of those, like half the cards are like strong and the other half are really bad. This is sort of right down the middle. Um, so I, I'd have to play it against some other rivals decks, and I'm sure I will um, in the coming weeks. So, <clears throat> but that's my first first take on just the objective side. We, you know, these uh, rest of these cards could could change my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, yeah, let's do the gambits. I'm ready. Go. For, why don't you start? Oh yeah, is it me now? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I got confused. Um, okay, advances one. Push each friendly fighter one hex towards the nearest enemy fighter. Awesome card. <laughs> yeah, starting off strong. <laughs> yeah, starting off super strong. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, not much to say about that one. Um, aside from the fact that it's really good. <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> Blaze of Light is a gambit spell that is one channel if cast in the next activation step. Plus one dice to friendly fighters attack actions. Minus one dice from enemy fighters attack actions to a minimum of one. Obviously restricted to Xandire because she's the only wizard. Yeah. Um, though Because she's only level one, um, this isn't as good as it would be. Um, like normally when I rate a one channel card, I'm sort of assuming you're level two. Um, but this isn't a bad card, and I like how flexible it is with the it works in defense and offense, but it's still like a 50 50. So, yeah, is it a, are channels 50 50 or are they 60? Yeah. Oh, no, you're right, they're 60 40, right? Yeah, so 66 percent. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad. I mean, like, no, 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 that's true. Yeah, I think it's it's not a bad yeah. card to have in a rivals deck. Um, but what you're doing is you're basically 
I'm comparing it to like a determined effort, which is just always plus one dice. Um, I guess it's a spell, which maybe that matters, but I don't think they had any objectives for spells. So yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'd give it like a probably a C or a, maybe even a D, but it is functional sometimes. Yeah, I don't know if I'm giving it. it a, I'm not I don't know if I'm giving it a D. I think it, I think it's I think it's definitely a playable spell. Um, whether it makes yeah. your final cut is a completely different conversation. But like, if if this is in my rivals deck, like I'm I'm gonna be happy when it goes off. You know, right, right, yeah. 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 You'll play it, and you might get something. <laughs> yeah, and and I just want to clarify: if you're tuning in and you haven't really kept up with a lot of the releases, rivals deck means like pre-built decks. So there is a new format for the game where you can just play. Um, with the faction deck and that's your right. rival deck. And they're also going to release other decks that you can sort of plug into any warband. Yeah. Like the silent menace, which came out last season. Yes. And I wrote a whole okay. article on it. If you want to check that out. Yeah. It's on path to glory podcast.com. Jonathan rarely writes things, but when he does, he does well. <laughs> when I do, it's like 13 pages. <laughs> that's why he only writes everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. The uh, the next card is called Blazing Arrow. The first friendly Storm Riders range three plus attack action in the next activation step has plus one dice and Grievous until that has been resolved. Obviously restricted to Storm Rider. Oh, baby. This is a good one. Yeah, it's a good one if you go Storm Rider heavy. I think. Yeah, but I mean, at four smash or whatever... Even uninspired, yeah, right? I guess four like, smash crit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's just good. It's I think a good it's card. just good. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It'd be better if it was on anybody, but it's. I think it's still good. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, next one is called Strike. You can reroll one attack dice in the attack roll of the first attack action made by a friendly fighter in the next activation step. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Reasonable yeah, accuracy. Think- you just have to like pre-play it, <clears throat> you know, like you play this yeah. card and then you can re-roll. But every time I play cards like these, I don't need the re-roll. <laughs> right. But in an aggro warband, this is an important card to have. And I like it for that reason. Yeah. It's just not that strong. Like plus one dice is slightly better and, you know, but it's not bad and it will, it will be the difference you need sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, we've all played games with a re-roll lands on a crit, you know? Yep. Favorably and unfavorably. (laughs) This next card is called Crushing Momentum Reaction. Play this during a friendly fighter's range one attack action made as part of a charge action after the clear attack action step. Remove the target's guard tokens. The attack action has cleave until it has been resolved. Yeah. um, I don't like this one as much. This is probably my least favorite so far. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit too specific. They have to have the guard token, um, or I guess they have to have block because you. It seems like you get the cleave either way. So, uh, yeah, just uh, I would just prefer you know the plus one dice or maybe even the spell. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan of this one. Um, it's a reaction, so I get why they put it here. It's a lot of reaction synergy, but um, that's true. I guess the cleave, I mean, I guess you could remove, I mean, if you you really got a sticky guard target, you can do that. But like Doraz has stagger, so you can kind of do that too. So a little bit of redundancy, I can appreciate that. The fact that it's a reaction does make me like it more because they do have the synergy with the reaction objective. So 
yeah, yeah. that helps in the particularly in the rival stack yeah yeah Next card is Drilled Efficiency. Choose one friendly fighter with one or more move and or charge tokens. Give that fighter one guard token. Yeah. Um, usually I'm not a big fan of these cards. I'd still probably give it maybe a B at the most. But I think in this warband, I think it's pretty solid. Um, yeah. If only because they all inspire to two block. And, you know, after yeah. that, you can kind of keep them around longer. You lose one and hopefully the other two survive. Yeah, it's probably like a C, um, but it's okay for them. Like it's, you will use it and you'll be like, yeah, I'm glad I have that. <laughs> yeah. It's just probably not worth one of your 10 gambits in a championship deck. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with our rating process, A is really good and D is bad. So yeah, anywhere in between is is like that. So we've got another uh, gambit. It's another reaction called Flawless Strike. Play this during a friendly fighter's attack action after the defense roll. If the attack roll contained only successes, including critical successes, gain one spent glory point. Um, yeah, so I think it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. The reaction is nice. You just can't really rely on it. Um, this is a warband that has a lot of dice in general. Um, three smash, three smash, two smash. Um, so... It's not just not that reliable, but uh, it should happen at some point and then you'll get to react and then the glory is okay, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you're literally gambling with this card. Um, yeah. You know, hope it works it's, out. It's just not really up to you when you get to play it. And then all it really does is like help you win at the very end of the game when you count the glory up. Yeah. Which so. I mean matters in some cases, but yeah. You know, I still want to take a deck that has like 10 of these cards and see what happens, but I haven't done that yet. It's Casino Underworlds. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the next one is also a reaction restricted to Doraz called Meteoric Blow. Reaction, play this during a friendly Doraz's range one attack action made as part of a charge action after the declare attack action step. If that attack action is successful, flip one feature token in the same hex as the target. Yeah, so it is a little bit of a gamble. You do have to play it before the dice are rolled. Um, and then if it's successful, you'll flip it. Um, I probably wouldn't take this in a championship deck, but it, it will probably win, like, Rivals games. And that's the cool thing, I think, about Rivals is, like, you have to play this card, and then so you you, you will play it, and then sometimes it'll lose stuff. <laughs> so I think that's cool. Um, in general, I think flipping is not as valuable as it used to be when it comes to cards, because there are other ways to flip now, i.e. Delve. Yeah, it, it's a really cool thematic card. The art is sick, and I do think it's really useful okay. if you could just react after the attack hit rather than before I roll dice, here's what I'm playing, right. and then hopefully you know, it works out. Otherwise, it's like an auto, and it's a very good card. But I mean, it's, it's okay otherwise. Um, two more Gambit ploys left. Sigmarite Wardens, pick one. Give one guard token to each friendly fighter that holds an objective, or give one guard token to each friendly fighter that is in enemy territory. That's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like it better than the previous guard one we talked yeah. about. Um, that is a reaction, but if you're going to be in enemy territory and you're trying to spam, invade, whatever, get in there, like dive in there, and then mm-hmm. you just you know, one, you know, inspire or you don't. And then everyone's on guard is pretty cool. Yeah. You're not yeah. even one card for multiple guard 
is a lot better than just one because a lot of the time if you have like two choice targets and you put guard on one of them all you're really doing is forcing their hand to attack the other one mm-hmm. this way you might actually be like defending everybody which is cool yeah i agree i think it's a cool one walk it off is the last card here it's also a reaction play this after an enemy fighter's attack action that targeted a friendly fighter if the target is now vulnerable heal to the target and give the target one move token yeah uh i think it's really good yeah again like we talked about with the objective like it's going to depend on like how often are you actually hit and then you're vulnerable but the effect is very powerful it is a powerful effect i just wonder how often you'll it's like someone's just going to hit you for three right yeah like i guess i don't know maybe maybe we're thinking like beast grave diarchasm era night vault <laughs> and maybe the game changes but with glory seeker fighters ferocity all this grievous in the game natterite great yeah. strength like your four wounds isn't what it used to be i think that's true i think you're still pretty likely to have a vulnerable fighter maybe once in the first two rounds but uh yeah maybe not enough to take this card in championship but I think in Rivals, this will happen a lot more because of the relatively low damage most Warbands have. Yeah. And I think it's a big power play when it happens. Yeah. From a Rivals perspective, like Vulnerable and this is so much more valuable. 100%. Yeah. Because yeah, you're not able to just like force the math every time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. <clears throat> so I like these a lot more than uh, the objectives. There's a lot more flavor. Yeah. I agree. Do you have a favorite? Um, I think the Blazing Arrow is my favorite. I yeah. think that's going to be a big, big moment. Hit somebody for two, maybe you kill something, then you react, maybe you hit something else. Knock stuff off of feature tokens. Um, it's cool. Yeah, it is a cool one. I like uh, Advances 1. Mm-hmm. It's probably the, yeah. the two auto-includes from the Gambit. <laughs> yeah, the one thing about that to notice that I noticed after we were done talking about it was... It doesn't say up to one hex. So you do have to push them all. But mm-hmm. because this warband doesn't really care about objectives, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one card where it's hold. And if they do care, it's about not their territory. So right. it works out. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, let's jump into the upgrades. The first one is Flight of Darts. It is an attack action, range three, three fury, one damage, reaction. So another way to trigger those. After this attack action, if it resulted in a critical hit, deal one damage to each enemy fighter adjacent to the target. What do you think? It's a really cool, like, fan of knives style card where it's like, yeah. you know, very uh, assassin-y. Um, like, under the cloak, a bunch of knives come out as you throw it. Um, I don't think I'm taking this in championship. <laughs> nope. Um, because it's... Like if it could, if it dealt the same exact number of damage, it dealt the primary target. And then with Glory Seeker and and like um, Fighters oh, yeah. Frosty, you could eventually like you could three damage everyone. <laughs> it's kind of like, like a scything attack. But that would be yeah, cool. but but this is just like a dual one. Yeah, I mean in theory it's a one damage scything range attack, but that doesn't really yeah. excite me. Yeah, I'm. There's a few other cards that exist like this. Um, I think Steel Hearts actually had one in the beginning there and it's just not that good it's his was on oberon's hammer i think but uh, oh i'm gonna have to look that up i don't remember that 
Okay. I think I think I'm thinking, remembering that right, but it's not a card that's all out of play. <laughs> Probably why I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, let's just go to the next one. Grip of Serenity. It is an illusion. Um, so it has all the normal illusion stuff, which is give this only... Oh, no, this is a little different. Give this only to a vulnerable fighter. Do not spend any glory points when you play this card at the end of the action phase or when this fighter is chosen by a gambit or is dealt damage. Break this card. So this one also has the vulnerable condition. Mm -hmm. Um, The bonus that you get is plus one dice to this fighter's attack actions, plus one damage to this fighter's range one and two attack actions, and this fighter is on guard. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah, again, the vulnerable thing kind of... You're right about Oberyn, by the way. Lightning Blast is an upgrade. Uh. Um, When they make a critical hit, this fighter inflicts one damage on enemy fighters adjacent to the target, but it's not ranged. But good shout. Right, right, right. Good shout. Um, Group of Serenity is an interesting card. Um, I like the fact that it's Illusion. I don't like the vulnerable condition. Um, Mm -hmm. kind of makes sense given the fact that, like, you get so much for it. Um, this kind of reminds me of, like, um, it's a... I think it's in the, um, Army of One, in a way. This is kind of like Army of One, where it's like you're, you're down on your last leg and you kind of just Goku out of the situation, which is fine. It works. Yeah. But, um... And we saw a similar know. one like this, I think, in the Universals that was plus one move, plus one defense, plus one damage. But the, the struggle is getting to be vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if vulnerability is going to come up very much, man. I really, I, yeah. I don't think so. I could be wrong. I don't think so. Yeah. The next one is Indomitable Will. Reaction during an attack action that targets this fighter after the deal damage step. He'll one this fighter, then break this card. It's pretty interesting. What do you think? Yeah, so it kind of reminds me of like Potion of Constitution style cards where you're like technically reducing damage, but this is works fundamentally different in that it's after you take the damage rather than reducing the damage taken. Um, so you kind of have to be careful about how you use it. Um, one damage heal is okay, I think. Um, yeah, what I'm so wondering though is I think you get to heal before, and maybe this is what you were saying, I think you get to heal before you check to see if they're out of action. So it is like you you will you will basically reduce the damage by one. Is 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 that true? I think so. Because step five is deal damage, and this says after the deal damage step and during the attack action, heal one this fighter. So they hit you for two, and then you heal one. Mm. So then, when you check to see if they're out of action, as long as you weren't like overkill, <clears throat> I think you're still alive. Then um, this card is much better, in my opinion. I think so. It goes away. So it's, it, it effectively is Potion, it's potion of Constitution. Constitution. Yeah. yeah. I loved that card. Yeah. That yeah, card, I think that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that card helped me win a Grand Clash. So <laughs> I'll take this one in this card. Cool. Um, the next one is Keepsake. Rolls of single support are successes in this fighter's attack rolls. And it is restricted to everyone but the bird. I think it's a great card. It's like helpful yeah. whispers for um, in Shadespire. I took that a lot with Farstriders. I think it's the same concept here. Um, this is an aggressive warband. Accuracy helps. Yeah. Solid solid accuracy card there. Uh, it doesn't work on the bird, but that's not really who you want to put it on anyway. So Yeah. Why not? Bird can um, win games, though. You never know. Le- Legane has won his fair share of games, so I think yes. the bird... Has it in him as well. Harris <laughs> can do it too. Um, the 
Next one is Kinetic Lodestone, restricted to Doraz. This fighter cannot be pushed. Reaction after an adjacent enemy fighter's attack action that targets this fighter. Stagger that enemy fighter and give that enemy fighter one charge token. What it's a pretty think? crazy card. <laughs> In what um, way? Well, I like the fact that he just can't be pushed, right? Yeah. It's really important. It reminds me of like Mountain Stance from Bahanar and the uh, Purifiers. Um, but like the fact that like an enemy fighter who's next to you can attack you regardless if they succeed or not, mm-hmm. they get staggered and they get a charge token. So this is like a big deterrent to like don't mess with my Doraz because if you do, <laughs> you're going to regret it. You yeah. know? So I kind of like it. Uh, I think it's neat in like a rivals situation. I think in a championship, the the restriction to Doraz makes it a little bit too specific. Sure. Um, But it is a neat effect. Uh, Well, just to add to that, like if your strategy is for Xandire to die, right? If you want to build a deck around Doraz and Stormrider, I I can see this making it in because like Bahanar, almost like majority of purifier decks in the past were built around Bahanar. Mm-hmm. He was always able to survive. You can definitely make it to where Doraz survives as well. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's better than what you hmm. might be giving it credit for. Maybe. Uh, the next one is light of Azir restricted to Xandire spell action. One channel, if cast, pick one. Flip one feature token that is not an objective token within one hex. Or choose one friendly fighter within three hexes and heal one, the chosen fighter. Hmm. I don't really like spell actions in general. Just because, like, if I'm going to spend an action, it better work. (laughs) Because she's a level one wizard, there is a 44% or a 44% chance it won't work. Which... It's close to 50%. 33, I think. 33, sorry. 33% chance it won't work. I don't know. I just would hate for this to like not work. (laughs) You know, for him to win the game. Yeah. I mean, I assume there are some situations where, you know, flipping a token could win you a game, but it's uh, not going to be most games. So Uh, the next one is Raptor's Eye, restricted to Taros. Uh, plus one move when this fighter has line of sight to a fighter, a friendly storm rider is considered to have one additional supporting fighter when making an attack action that targets that fighter. Interesting. Yeah, this is kind of like bird in the <laughs> sky, like calling out yeah. targets and stuff. It's cool. I don't think storm rider <laughs> needs it because she's super accurate. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think a lot of the time, Taros might be dead kind of early i think a lot of i think he's he's pretty diveable <laughs> yeah he's just gonna get kfc'd a lot bro oh yeah but it's not a bad effect it's probably my favorite of the restricted cards so far um <clears throat> the next one is a attack action upgrade staggering charge range one three fury two damage this attack action has plus one dice knockback one and stagger when made as part of a charge action. Wow. So essentially it's a range one, four fury, two damage attack with knockback and stagger. Yeah. I guess it's kind of good. Um, 
if only if like Storm Rider is last man standing, but I just still think her bow is better. Yeah, you're right. That would be the reason to take it is so that you have a melee attack. And then when you charge, it's actually a pretty good melee attack. But that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I bet you'll I bet it'll work in rivals when you have to take it, because there probably are situations when you're like, man, I, I actually have to make this charge because I have to, you know, do two damage or <laughs> something yeah. like that. So yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> uh, the next one is Tempered Sigmarite. It's restricted to not the bird. <laughs> and you can reroll one dice in this fighter's defense rolls. Seems all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a very classic Stormcast card, I think. Um, yeah. I, I think it's... Depending on the meta, it can be pretty... I mean, depending on how you want to play them, it can be really good as well. So I'm not counting this one out, but I'm not like very excited to see it either. <laughs> I think it's solid. Um, I think there are better defensive upgrades. I think you usually prefer to do wounds, but um, I think it's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, the next yep. one is also restricted to anyone but the bird. Unfaltering stride reaction after this fighter's activation. Push this fighter at one hex. It's a so crazy card on Storm Rider. <laughs> yeah she literally becomes Rothcorn when Rothcorn had Hunter's reflexes yeah 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 it's a good one I mean it's always been a good card dual of speed um, this is this is after activation not attack so there's ways to get attacks and you know the power step or something it doesn't work but very solid <clears throat> yeah one thing I will say I just want to make sure this doesn't line up with her blazing reprisal after this fighter range three attack action that takes an enemy fighter out of action. This fighter makes a range three attack action after this fighter's activation. So I guess they're in the same window. So if she kills someone, she can shoot again. If not, you can unfaltering stride. So maybe it's not as good as I thought with storm rider. Well, um, overall I thought they were pretty (laughs) good. I liked them. Yeah. I'd say there's about five of the upgrades that are worth um, taking or considering. And then maybe five that are, a little bit below average, but uh, not uh, not too bad. I'd say the gambits were similar as well. So overall, I would say this is a pretty uh, well-rounded um, medium power warband that seems fun to play, and I like the the dynamics of who do you kill and things like that. Um, what do you think? I I like it. I like the cards. I like the warband. Um, if anything, because like Storm Rider is really exciting, and I like the whole inspiration yeah. mechanic. Um, I think they have some really cool cards. Um, like Keepsake is really good, and I know you don't like Kinetic Lodestone, but I do. Um, <laughs> and I, I really do think that you know this is probably one of the more interesting Stormcast warbands we've gotten in a while. Um, and interesting, and for me, might be also synonymous with like what I think is good. Um, they are very aggro. Yeah. Um, I just, I just feel like that's how Stormcast should play. Like they're in your face. They punch you. They wear big armor. They're here to do massive amounts of damage very quickly. Um, and while this warband may not necessarily do massive amounts of damage, I think there are points in the game where they can scale to a point where it's, it's pretty disgusting. 
So yeah, I think they make good use of primacy as well in championship. I think that the a lot of the good aggro cards will go well with them. Um, I think they're well positioned to do fairly well. I think particularly against most of the more recent war bands, they they seem to me like they're probably on a similar base power level, and then it's just going to be like a meta situation um i am a little concerned with how much damage there is in the game it isn't that hard to kill four moon fighters but once you kill the first one the other two do get considerably harder to kill so yeah and and i also will say that um um the warband is actually no i lost my train of thought you said what did you say right before <laughs> you said they get harder to oh the damage yeah, yeah the, the damage. damage is always a big thing um yeah. And that's the problem with playing four wounders, but um once the damage kind of gets scaled out or some of those cards, especially from Arena Mortis 2, get restricted, I think you know it'll should offset the uh, potential amount of damage they do take, which would in theory make them more viable. Um and I from a power level perspective, it seems like they're like the you know, out of the Diarchasm war bands that they're like a Diarchasm level where it's like they're good. And depending on the universal pool, they can be better, but they're not like beast grave where it's like one end of the <laughs> spectrum or the other. Right. So yeah. I'm, I'm really liking the steady, you know, like within five to 10% of one another rather than the massive variables in between the war bands. So big fan of that. Yeah. I mean, at first glance, I don't know if I can really say if I think they're better than like purifiers or something like that. Like they seem similar to that sort of like B to maybe low A tier. Um, probably mm-hmm. probably solid B tier is what I'm thinking. Um, but I think that's what you want from a starter warband, right? It's like you want them to yeah. age, like to do well, make an impact like Purifiers and Dread Pageant did, and then to age well into the season um, and get mm-hmm. use out of it, which I think this warband and the Cunning Crew actually do. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is a warband I think that is just also well-rounded. Like, I don't know if they have a really bad matchup except for someone that has a lot of explosive damage, Um, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the meta where it was, you know, before the cycle. So we'll see, but I I think they look fun and they really showcase a lot of the like mechanics of the season, which is cool. Yeah. I think their worst matchups are going to be any warband that is, wants to fight just as much of them, just as much as them, but is faster. Hmm. Because then they can pick the engagement and then they can jump into your territory and that might throw away or, you know, upset your plans of being in their territory. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But overall, I I like this warband. I'm I'm, I'm genuinely, (laughs) you know, looking forward to playing them. So it's exciting. Okay. Well, I think we do have some time for a couple patron questions. So let's go ahead and take a look. That's some of the questions we have from our patrons. Cool. So starting off with... Okay. Well, I guess quick, easy question from Beard Arm. Which board is your favorite new board? Um, definitely the one that is a reprint of <laughs> the, the Arcane, Arcane Nexus. Nexus. Um, the Ultimatum Engines. I like the and weird we, named one. And we know, yeah, the, we know what your favorite is. The profane <laughs> larder. There we go. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Hussman asked a funny question. What's your favorite new rule mechanic? And why is it the lack of lethal hex placement? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we, I think I answered this one last time. I think 
it's going to be the do over changes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I for, think that's going to be a big deal for me. I think it's just all the keywords. I love it. Yeah. Just easy to know what's what. Yeah. Um, are the two warband decks a good start for a rivals deck? So I think we kind of answered this question uh, throughout the episode. This was asked by tabled noob, AKA Jason from the battle mallet. Um, so yeah, I mean, we think it's pretty decent rivals deck. Um, do Alliance cards add anything? What does it open up for designers? <laughs> I think we answered this on the last uh, podcast too, but um, if you didn't listen to that one, it's really yeah. cool because it reinvigorates older war bands and it helps create cards that can be balanced better from a design perspective because you know exactly which war bands, which cards and which fighters they will interact with, which I think is really powerful. Or it just lets you buff death and only death. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, rivals, I would say so far, um, this deck doesn't blow me out of the water. Um, I don't think it's bad, but uh, so it's, that's probably what it needs to be. I haven't really wrapped my head around what I want rivals to even be, um, but it yeah. seems this, this, I think this is an okay experience for a new player. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're going to answer the rest of the questions on the next episode because um, we do okay. have to get through the cunning crew. So we'll do half and half. Well, there's a little bit more than half on the next one, but uh, <laughs> um, those I think we can run through pretty quickly. So uh, patrons, thanks so much for your questions and for your support. Um, we will definitely be answering your questions on the next episode, which will be released as the same day as this episode and the previous episode. So you could, Get all hear all your answers in one day if you choose to listen to everything in one day. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, once again, thank you to our patron supporters. If you would like to join our current patrons, you can do so at patreon.com/slash path to glory. You can find all of our blog content on path to glory podcast.com. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or Discord at path to glory podcast. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. As always, thanks for listening, and we wish you the best of luck on your path to glory. I don't have my spiel ready, so. You don't have it memorized by now? What's wrong with you? Nope. We've been doing this for like three years. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>